You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where, in our fifth season, we are talking about all of the Best Picture-nominated films at the Oscars. And today is going to be our fourth episode in that series. We're getting pretty close. Is it our fourth? It is our fourth episode in this series. Uh, We are talking about Past Lives. Past Lives is the directorial debut from Celine Song, a Korean-Canadian director and playwright who wrote the screenplay based partially on her own life and directed Greta Lee, Teo Yu, and John Magaro in her very first feature this year, which premiered at Sundance and is now up for Best Picture and Best Screenplay at this year's Academy Awards. I was very happy with this episode. I say that every week, but I think that this is maybe my favorite episode of this season so far, so I hope that you will enjoy it as well. I'm not going to give away too much, uh, but I will say that we don't give a spoiler warning at any point, so this may be... uh, This is an episode that could be full of spoilers, so keep that in mind. I do recommend if you want to... um, If you want to follow along, it is probably a good idea to watch the movie and then come back to hear our discussion on it, because we do go into, we jump around throughout a lot of the events of this movie and talk about it pretty holistically. But first, here's the song Quiet Eyes by Sharon Van Etten from the movie Past Lives. Here's Quiet Eyes by Sharon Van Etten. episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about Canadian movies, sort of. I guess this movie's like vaguely, it's got a Canadian connection. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how often you listen to CBC, Pierre, but uh, anytime an awards show happens or awards are announced and there's a Canadian connection, that's the only awards they talk about. So when the Oscars came out, when the Oscar nomination list was announced, you could be forgiven for not knowing that there was anyone out there Anyone else nominated for an Oscar than Celine Song for Past Lives for screenwriting and Ryan Gosling for Best Supporting Actor for uh, Barbie? Ryan Gosling, I keep forgetting he's Canadian. That's crazy. Same, but like, CBC will never let me forget it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, has he ever mentioned? He must have moved to America because he was the like a kid actor, right? So he probably moved pretty early in his career. 
After his mother returned. Yeah, okay. No, he did return to Canada. Anyways, this isn't a Ryan Gosling movie. I mean, podcast, <laughs> Jeff, okay? It Even though be. you didn't really bring him up. Yeah, you know, we could just shift gears right now. Like, it's not Maybe not late. right now. Maybe, maybe <laughs> in a few weeks. Oh, okay. Damn, fine. My Canadian king that I just remembered is Canadian. Let me just write down Canadian King Ryan Gosling. Yeah. That is our new that's the name of our new upcoming series. Yeah. Which it won't will even, happen uh probably this summer. It won't even be about movies. We'll just watch Ryan Gosling interviews and dissect them. That would be so them. fun, actually. No, I was, you know, when I was saying that, I was like, that's like a very unique concept for a podcast. So like I'm a little behind lie. the scenes here. Every now and then I look on like r slash podcasting. Just, I, I just sort of see it as it comes up. And one thing that people always bring up, which is always what I'm thinking of, is like, how do you set, how does your podcast stand apart? Like, do you want to review movies? Cool. What do you bring to it? What are you just saying what movies you like? Because everyone's doing that. What can you, what makes you unique? What can you bring to it? And uh, I don't know any podcasts so far that just look at ryan gosling interviews and interview his like and like review his posture like we could do that that could be us like literally like you know how in superhero movies they'll like every two seconds they'll pause it and be like easter egg right there we do that (laughs) for ryan gosling interviews we're like "Hmm, his butt this is what he's crossed his legs so i think he's nervous because he's withholding something about the movie that he wants to let out but and here's what's interesting: the old he's he's been crossing his legs that way since tenth grade. Now we can go back into the yearbooks, <laughs> and we're Canadian. We have access to the yearbooks potentially. Yeah, we just got to go really, really deep. Oh, there's potential here. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll workshop that. We'll workshop yeah, yeah. that off air. But yeah. did you when you were looking up Ryan Gosling? Did you find out where in Canada he's from? Is he from Ontario? That London, Ontario. London, Ontario. Well, we've got another Ontarian today that we're going to talk about, and that's Celine Song from Markham, Ontario. Wow. She's from, like, the greater Toronto area. Well, I guess London is also the greater Toronto area, kind of. Yeah, don't leave so. Ryan Gosling out of it. Markham, is that... Okay, I'm looking it up now. It's It seems... Uh... Oh, no, it's a city. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first picture it, it showed me was, like, this, like, abandoned road in, like, <laughs> a car, <laughs> like, a car mechanic place. And I was like, jeez. No, I've Markham is like Markham, a, Markham is a big is an actual city. It's oh, outside okay, cool. of Toronto. It's in the greater Toronto area. So like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know everybody who lives in Markham or like goes anywhere. But realistically, you know, if you're from Markham and you go to Sweden, you might say I'm from Toronto just because that's what they would mm. know. Yeah, but like it's one of those. Ideally. Oh, cool. Good for them. Good for Markham. If you're if anyone from Markham's listening, I believe in you. You're the next. And if Celine, Celine song. song from Markham is listening. We believe in you too. Yes. I just keep coming back to her uh, in weird ways, but I want to talk a little bit about, well, I, I, I want to talk about Celine song, but I don't know much about Celine song outside of uh, this movie, which I do feel like is very revealing about Celine song. It is very obviously at least semi autobiographical. And I did I hear her like <laughs> talk about it and it's, it's very much her own life. I believe she may be Korean, I think, is my first guess. based that on is, That is correct. Yes. And now that we know she's from Canada, it makes sense that part of the movie... Or no, part of the movie doesn't take place in Canada, but they say they were coming from Canada in one scene. And I guess Very, maybe in a montage scene, she was in Toronto. Um, yeah, so this movie, Past Lives, 
is about a uh, Korean family. Mostly it's about the eldest daughter in the Korean family, whose name is Nora Moon in this in this movie. But uh, when she's about, I want to say 12, maybe, she uh, leaves Korea with her family and they go to, they, they move to somewhere in Ontario. Probably Markham, but actually by the time we meet up with her again 12 years later, she is in New York at school. Mm-hmm. So very little of this movie actually pl- takes place in, uh, in Canada. Though mm-hmm. there is a little, there is a little bit in. I would basically a montage. It's like a little bit more than a montage where they're coming into the Toronto Pearson Airport and they're going through immigration and they're like coming into the country. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then the main thrust of this movie is the, or the main theme of this movie is the relationship of Nora and between Nora and her childhood friend Heisung played by Teo Yu, who they sort who she sort of reconnects with sporadically over the course of 24 years. Like mm-hmm. they're very good friends when they're very young. They're like childhood crushes on each other. And then 12 years later, they get back, they uh, start talking over Skype, basically having like a long distance relationship over Skype, but then mm-hmm. they eventually break that off. And then Heisung comes to visit in New York 12 years later. So the whole movie takes place over 24 years. Technically, it takes place in like 12-year increments. And this is just about their relationship. The relationship between them and how that develops. And then also the third character is uh, Nora's husband, played by John Magaro, who... He's kind of an interesting character. And I think we should talk about all the characters when we get there. But like he sort of... uh, He sort of just has to watch this relationship happen which is which puts him in a really interesting position yeah so yeah that's the basic idea of this movie past lives past lives up for best picture at the oscars and best screenplay now i've i think i may have talked about things sort of in an unconventional order compared to what i might normally do but now we've summarized it now we've talked about what oscars it's up for i do Mm want to briefly ask uh before we get into the specifics of more of this movie, do you what do you think about the nominations? Best picture, best screenplay. Do you think it should have been up for more? Do you think it should have been up for less? What do you think? No, I don't think so. I, I think I think the best picture nod's pretty nice. I don't think it stands a chance, you know, but I guess it's nice that it's there. And screenplay, I can I, I could see it's a very raw screenplay. So um, yeah, I don't think it's gonna win that either because isn't it against the holdovers and i, re- I just I f- think the holdovers is better yeah i think it is against the better. holdovers yeah so i but i think it's cool like a24 is slowly growing their uh their oscar potential if that makes sense you yeah know, i mean they swept the oscars last year but oh well other than that <laughs> well you know what i don't remember that wait what movie what was the big movie last year I'm everything like, everywhere all at once Oh right, yeah. Never mind. Other than that, other than that, okay. They didn't. They didn't sweep the Oscars. If you don't count the movie that swept the Oscars, so yeah, yeah. Let's be real here. Um, but yeah, I think it's fine. I I can't think of any anything like I had great cinematography, but it wasn't like like I don't think it aided the story in a way that really like set it apart. You know, to like deserve a nomination. I mean, other movies. I think there was maybe one movie there that 
didn't really need a nomination either. So maybe cinematography. Yeah. What about you? I'm very happy with those two nominations. I think that there's at least one person I would have bumped out of best actress in favor of Greta Lee here. I think she Mm. was very good in this movie and I would not have been upset. In fact, I would have been very happy to see Celine, uh, Celine song get a director nomination here, Mm. but I think we've talked about it before. Uh, the best director nominees are so stacked that there's no one that I would like take out. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I think the only one that I'm a little, uh, I, I wouldn't say upset, but that I, I would have really liked to see that I don't see here as best actress because I think that Greta Lee is very good in this. For what mm. it's worth, I think that every all the actors are great in this, but like Greta Lee is the one that has the performance where it's like, oh, this could be a, an awards performance. Yeah. The other ones are just as good, but they're not as like, you don't notice them quite as much. You don't notice those performances as much. And subtle mm. performances are like, Subtle performances are great when they get awards, but they're harder to be like, I think this should get an award. Yeah. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I really like to tail you in this. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to say. I think, I think I got that, yeah. Yeah. To say it, she deserves to win. Doesn't even deserve a nomination. If at the Oscars, they announce all five of the best actresses, actress nominees, and then like Greta Lee comes in with the steel chair, I'd support it. If you support it, okay. Yes. Yeah, so in general, what do you think of this movie? Well, uh, oh man, I did not like it. Interesting. Like at I all. Was... I thought it was bad. <laughs> That's why you might have noticed I was hesitant during the Oscar. <laughs> I didn't know how to break it, essentially. I don't think it should be nominated for... I, okay, I can see... Listen, I respect the movie. I think it was just... Like, maybe I have very weird views on relationships, which I think I do, but I, I just, the movie, I think, was borderline comedic for many mo- many moments for me, and, like, cringeworthy akin to Richard, Ricky Gervais's The Office, British Office. Oh, and, wow. And it was like, like, it, it felt like it was, this was supposed to be a joke, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, well, that was a bad read on my part. When yeah. you were talking about it off air, I thought when you when I was you trying to hide it. it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to spoil my reaction. You said you had a lot to say, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" So he really liked it, yeah. and I misread that clearly. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead. Um. Now, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts first, actually. Oh, I thought Again, it was. So when I when I first watched it, because I saw this twice, I watched it first back in June. <laughs> And then I rewatched it, like, I think it was yesterday, actually. Either yesterday or the day before, in preparation for a, uh, for a different episode that um, has just come out. We were just on an episode of ContraZoom where we talked about past lives briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I watched it twice, and I think that uh, I thought it had so. I, I mean, I, I think it's really, it's one of those movies that, like, takes a concept that you can't really put into words and communicates it. Well, like builds the entire movie around that. And to me, mm-hmm. it really worked. Cause it's this, it's about this. Um, I mean, the, the way that they say it in the movie is it's about this concept of Inyun, which the first time that Greta Lee's character brings it up, Nora brings it up. It's uh, she's saying it as a joke to get into someone's pants. Like it's, it's obviously not super serious, but I think that like, I think that what this does is it it kind of portrays this it kind of portrays this idea of 
what if I had done things differently in my life, but you mm-hmm. like, you can't go back and you can't change those and you mm-hmm. maybe don't want to, but you have to, th- but you think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a movie that um, I, I think it like, pre- I think it shows those regrets or not even really regrets, just like what ifs uh, really well without, you know, specifically doing something like everything everywhere all at once where it shows what that, set of uh, what that set of choices would have led to it's just yeah. like well what it's more like you know in a real scenario what if this had been what if things had gone differently mm-hmm. and we don't know so we just have to sort of live with that and think about that and that's gonna eat at us the whole time and yeah. uh probably things are probably we're living our best lives but there's different ways we could have chosen to go about things and yeah. we'll never know how that worked out. It's the uh, anti-everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> a little bit, actually. You find out, <laughs> yeah. Or the realistic version of it, I guess. It um, There's a few... I, what I really like about the screenplay in this is there are... I think that the, a lot of the dialogue is... I think that there's a lot of really, really good monologues and dialogues. Like, Teo Yu has a speech at the end, which is... I don't know really mean but also just like really well written where Mm -hmm. i think his his main uh the main the main quote in that speech is you had to leave because you're you and who you are is someone who leaves but in that context it like first off seems extremely mean but it's also (laughs) like very sincere in a way where i mean he clearly doesn't mean it to be mean but he's also like I don't know. He's not like fully an incel, but he's like incel adjacent. <laughs> so it like comes across real bad. It comes across sincere, but real bad. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think like a lot of the Indian stuff, like I get like I, I, um, I wanted to come across as uh, like I understand like my my mom's Buddhist, so she also believes in reincarnation. I, I'm like agnostic, so I don't really think about that stuff. But the I just I found it really like I, I guess I didn't mind like I, I like the concept, but it's like they had to keep saying it over and over again. Like I, I feel like the, the we got kind of a similar monologue like three times about past lives, you know, and they're talking about mm. that and. Like, first, like, that seems just a little, like, it's very surface level. I don't know. It's, like, and it kind of gives the characters a reason to um, him, like, Nora and Sung. I just, like, if I understand correctly, they were, they went on, they were friends when they were 12 or something. And she left. And then 12 years later, he's still trying to find her. And then it's, like, and then they, like, that, that just felt very, like, I don't know, felt very, eh, like, like, cause especially because I don't think they had any chemistry. I get it's a realistic movie, but all the scenes they're talking, I'm just bored out of my mind. And I don't know if this is a cultural thing because I've seen like Korean, uh, I've seen Korean, uh, reality, dating reality shows and they're very like formal at first, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like, it's not like, (laughs) like white TV shows, which I'm not saying they're better, but it's just the opposite where they're just like, they're going to have sex like in like the first like week or something. They're on that love Island or whatever. 
Yeah. Whereas Korean shows are like very formal. It's like a lot slower and polite. Again, nothing wrong with that. But I, I think the movie never gets past that formal stage where that entire montage, I'm just, it's just the, the conversations are just really boring. I don't understand why they have any love for each other other than the union part. But I feel like that's just a cop out for really boring conversations. Mm. Um, and I get, I, I think you could argue that it's like, oh, it's trying to be realistic. But it's like, I'm sure, I would hope most normal relationships have conversations more interesting than what I saw in that <laughs> montage. You know, like if if not, then I'm I'm very concerned for many relationships because that that was just insanely like there was no passion. It didn't feel like I didn't feel any love there, and uh, it's just the montage didn't work for me in my opinion. And I think there was a couple mo- like the the end moment was kind of sad because I think that's something we can all relate to like the ending of a relationship or whatever, but it just it doesn't hit. And then I think following it up with the twelve years later part also just felt very odd and ill intended. I, I think it felt it was worse actually, um, because honestly, like it just a lot of it just feels very disrespectful, like. I was reading some comments and I think it's cool that Arthur, her new husband, who is, I think, I don't, I don't know if he's American. Oh, he's American. Cause she needed a green card, Yeah. but he, he's basically very understanding and he's like, okay, like you can talk to this guy. Like he's trying to be a supportive husband, but then there's like, just it's the romantic scenes, you know? And like, she's touching him and he's taught and he, like, there's a scene literally like in the climax of the movie, essentially, I would say, where she's touching his hand and her husband's right beside her. And he's actively, he's like, I really like your husband, but he's also talking about how I wish I could bang you essentially. (laughs) Like, I wish I could be with you. That's so like, I get that it's real. I get it's messy, but it's just like, that is so gross to me. And that's like borderline cheating because they're speaking in a language her husband doesn't understand right beside him. And she's touching him. How like, that's very cringy and inappropriate in my opinion. And I get that's the point of the movie, but I don't think the movie in any way is also pointing out that this is wrong, you know? And I like, yes, emotions are messy or whatever, but I lose all sympathy for the main trio when I see stuff like that happen, because it's just, it's just honest. It's like borderline funny how, how, uh, how screwed over this white guy <laughs> the white guy is getting <laughs> essentially you know and yeah I, I i think that's just like my initial thoughts because like like the love it's a love movie but all the all the love is very boring and depressing like it makes me not want to be in love i'm going to be <laughs> honest the 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 scenes like the a lot of the themes are about commitment and love and committing to one person over another but there's multiple scenes where it doesn't really feel like Nora actually cares about commitment. So she feels like a, like a very fake character. And that's never called out in the movie because she's supposed to be our sympathetic protagonist. And three is just, it's just a boring movie, in my opinion. Like I got no, I, it was very, it was, I'm happy it was short. <laughs> this could have been a short 30 minute film in my opinion. And it worked, it would have worked out much better because I would have got less cringe essentially. Um, I, I don't know if I fully agree with everything you said about, uh, Nora, 
because like I think that um, a big part of this movie, like that relationship, that relationship between her and Haesung is there is no chemistry there. Like, and I think, I think that's, I mean, you're right. I think there's enough chemistry between the actors that they can portray in a way that I enjoyed that there is no chemistry in that relationship. Like Haesung is, he's not a bad person, but he's like clearly not a good person for Nora. Nora Mm -hmm. in, I, I got the impression that Nora did care quite a bit about commitment and was very committed to her husband, uh, Arthur and um, with Haesung, like, this is why I'm saying incel adjacent. Like, he's constantly saying things that are, like, very, that, that are, that, that bring that across, that bring across that idea of, like, I mean, any, I think that any time that, any time that I would get the impression that you were mentioning, that Nora didn't care about commitment, it's because of something that Haesung is doing, and she's, like, indulging as politely as she can with like where it's you know where it's where it's harmless enough that she's like okay i can indulge this a little bit and i think that's all brought on by Sung, who just like you know whether he should or not just doesn't realize doesn't have a good sense of boundaries and what is appropriate in a relationship because he doesn't know a relationship and so like mm-hmm. i think that this is a lot of this movie is like a person crashing into these two people's lives who has a reason to be there, but doesn't realize that he's not really wanted and like that. He's not really, that he doesn't really belong in this situation. And it's about, it's a little bit, at least part of this movie is about him kind of like finally being able to let go. And the reason that it's so like the reason that I see that it gets so hard for the other people to, uh, to deal with specifically for Nora is like, this is a person that she's clearly able to let go of. She has in the past, but like he's coming (laughs) in again and like constant, he's just constantly coming back into her life. And like, you know, that's a relationship that they had where they, where he was able to just be like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to come back into your life again. And like, this is in a way the last time that ever happens which even if that's fine and appropriate and like I get the impression that that is that this is hopefully the last time they meet that's still tough like you're still you, that's still like a very big change in a relationship even if that is not even if that is unambiguously the right thing to happen so you know when it breaks her mm-hmm. at the end it's like well it's not so much that she had an emotional investment that she is that has gone in a way that she didn't want. It's just, there's such a big change that like, it's a big change all at once. It's hard to deal with that. I don't know. I think that's where I'm talking about. This movie sort of gets at something that I don't see very often, which is, Mm. well, which is the messy nature of relationships, but like in a very hard to describe way, I think the conversations about Inyun, uh, there's, there's too many of them. But I think that like <laughs> I, I think that what I, I think that bringing that up gives gives you something to sort of grab onto as a reference point. But I also don't think it fully describes what is going on either. Like a lot of the conversations about Inyun are either the first one where she's literally just saying just saying it to get into her future husband's pants, which I think is very funny, 
or like later on where she's kind of indulging this little boy who's like, well, what if in the past uh, I was an aunt and you were my aunt wife? Like, you know, she's, she's indulging like a funny little fantasy to keep him from crying basically. But she, I like, so you don't think she, she felt romantically about him at all about Hasem? I think that she had, I think that they had an emotional connection because way back when they were friends and she has never, and like they've never had to be in a situation where they were fully out of each other's lives forever for good. Yeah. But I don't think that there was a romantic connection there by the last, by the time most of the movie takes place. If there mm. ever was, it was like when they were briefly, when they were both like, like the first time there's that 12 years later and they're meeting over Skype. But mm. like, you know, that's, that's about it. I don't think that this, I don't think that this movie is a romance movie, really. I mean, I know it's billed as that and it like kind of is, but I don't, yeah. I don't see this as a very romantic movie. No, I, w- <laughs> I almost watched this with my girlfriend for Valentine's Day. That would have been a very, and we're in a long distance relationship, so it would have been a very bad movie to watch, I'm not going to lie. I mean, um, realistically, it would have, if, if you thought it was boring, I'm sure that the all that would have happened is you both would have thought it was boring. I hope so. Yeah, we usually have similar tastes. But, I, okay, like, I guess to the Nora thing, I, I, do, I do think she had some kind of connect. Like, the only time she felt alive to me was in that last scene where they're talking about theorizing what their past lives were or their future mm-hmm. lives could be. That's the only time she felt like excited by anyone in the entire movie. Like you, you I like, I would agree that there was no romantic connection with Hayson, but there was no romantic connection with Arthur either. <laughs> oh yeah, my fair. gosh. Like I was watching their married life and I, I was just like, I don't want to like, if this is married life, like, Oh my God, dude, <laughs> like, I gotta, I am not getting married, bro. Cause it was just so, depressing and boring and i get like again it's a realistic movie life isn't all it's not always going to be exciting but every scene was boring they never had one moment where i was like oh they're like so cute together you know like there was none of that and then like i i in terms of like like i'm not saying she cheated obviously but in my opinion if you <laughs> I'm, okay i feel like that was a very big however but if you are if your husband is sitting beside you, or in my even if he wasn't there, if you are saying things he wouldn't be comfortable with, like in a conversation with someone else, in my opinion, you you shouldn't be saying those things, you know? Like, especially if it pertains to him. Because he's essentially flirting with her, and he does not know that. And she is speaking in a language that he cannot understand. Obviously, because he Sung can't. But she knows her husband doesn't understand. And to me, that's very disrespectful to her. Like at the start of the conversation, she's conver- she's translating stuff for her husband to understand so that there can be some kind of leeway. But she literally like turns her back to her husband. She's the one that touches his hand, by the way. I noticed that when they were when they were talking about their past lives. He never makes like any physical moves. Um, not to say he wasn't a little creepy. But, <laughs> fair, uh, fair. but like she she did that, you know. And her husband was obviously very visibly uncomfortable, as we could see at the start of the movie, where they literally, they literally, we see two spectators wondering what they're, wondering what the the context of the relationship is between the three of them through body language, and the biggest part of the body language is that the white the white guy is extremely uncomfortable, in a way that they are like 
oh, maybe he's their tour guide that does not want to be there at 4 a.m. It's like, if that's your husband and you're talking to a guy in front of him and you know he's uncomfortable, to me, that's like, that's not cool of you. Like, that's very disrespectful to your husband, you know? At least for me, like, I would, if I was in that situation, I would I would be very insulted and I would not want to continue a relationship with someone that could see I'm uncomfortable and not care at all, you know? It's like that to me, that's very fundamental. So like maybe that's just my view on relationships and that's why I didn't like the movie, but that doesn't work to me. And that's why like a lot of the climactic moments in the movie, such as her essentially choosing to stay with Arthur, it's like, okay, like I don't really care because you don't seem happy at all anyway. It's like when she, go, when she walks back to Arthur, she cries on Arthur, it's just like, you, you just don't seem happy with anyone in either relationship. Like, so there was no like friction for me or when Sung's like, I, I feel bad that I like your husband. It's like, how? Like, he doesn't seem likable. I don't understand, you know, or like, and that there's that scene where she's, they're in the washroom talking about Sung, and he's obviously very insecure about Sung coming specifically for her his wife mm-hmm. like literally traveling across the world just to spend time with his wife and they used to date quote unquote not really but and he's like is Sung attractive and she genuinely thinks about it for like 30 seconds and she can't even lie she's like yeah he's pretty attractive but in a korean way it's like <laughs> why are you saying these things this does not like i don't know dude like it's just stuff like that like it like, it's so ridiculous to me that this is how they're portraying relationship that it w- it felt funny because it's like, it, it was almost comedic how little it seemed she actually loved her husband. They even imply that she married him for a green card, an early green card. But I think adding that context into it was meant to show insecurity in that relationship, which does kind of add to the tension, you know, but it's just like, like, I think the movie would have worked a lot better if she, she had a lot of chemistry with her husband and she had a lot of chemistry with Sung. you know, that would add a lot of tension to who she's picking. But to me, or I guess it's not really a pick, like in the end, you kind of know she's going to stay with Arthur. Yeah. But to me, it's like, she, she looks miserable either way. Like <laughs> there's no win here. Everyone looks miserable in this movie. I don't, I don't want like, it's realistic, I guess, but it's like, I don't want to be in this movie. This is terrible. Um, I think, you know, if, if there was more human elements, like there's, there are a couple of human moments, like, again, like when they're talking about their past lives and the potential, that's the only time they actually feel connected in the whole movie or the time actually like Arthur and Sung, that very human moment where they, I think she, Nora's in the washroom and they kind of look at each other and they're like, like, they just kind of acknowledge each other for the first time. <laughs> and it's just like. There's that, there's a kind of a cute little moment between them where they, I feel like they both acknowledge that they both love this woman a lot and they respect each other for what they bring to her life. You know, that was a very beautiful moment. And I think that's where the movie sticks out is these, is these human moments that uh, feel very real at the same time. But everything else is just realistic and boring is the problem. So if you had more of those moments, I would like it. There you go. That's that's all I can really say.
I think um, a lot of the moments you brought up, I just have a very different read on because like you said, um, like for example, in that, in that uh, scene where she's talking about where they're talking about Sung and she's saying he's very attractive in a Korean way. And she keeps saying that he's all these things in a Korean way to me, like, I don't know, in a relationship, I would want my significant other to say those things. Like not necessarily, obviously it's, you know, it would be, I would hope that she'd be like, no, he's not attractive. He's very ugly, I guess. But like, <laughs> you know, I would, I would want her to be honest. Right. And I think that that's what, um, that's what I really love about the relationship moments in this is the relationship that they're in. Isn't actually any, like the, the reasons that Arthur is, that he gives that he's like so insecure about this is they're not in a like storybook special relationship. Like, they got married because they got married at the time because it was convenient for a green card. Uh, before that, they started dating because they were in the same place. And like, there's nothing, there's nothing interest. There's nothing that seems interesting about their story when he thinks about it. And like, I think that that's just, um, you know, I think that the fact that they work so well together and that they've been been together that long, regardless, is like. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of relationships are nothing special when you think about the actual events. And um, it's just, you know, you end up with, but like, I think that's where a lot, I think that's where the main, con- a big part of the main conflict for this movie comes from. Cause like, Hey Sung has this idea of, I don't know if he's ever expresses it, but he's got this idea of this special relationship. Like he's going 24 years later to meet the love of his life, going across the world, going to sweep her off her feet. And it's like, no, she's got her own life. And that life involves a, uh, involves a husband who is, you know, pretty cool, I guess, but you sort of hit him at a bad time. And uh, there's, it's just a very normal life. There's nothing, there is no like cool romance here. It's just very, it's very boring. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, to me, the movie doesn't come across as boring, but the relationship okay. at the center is like, it's, it's just a normal relationship. And when they're talking to yeah. each other, I see that like the thing that's most important to me in a relationship, which is they can just say anything to each other. Like if at any point I'm, I'm sure there is no way based on what I, based on my read of these characters, there's no way that this could have happened in the movie. But like, mm. if at any point Nora had been like, no, you know what? I am going to leave you for Hey Sung. Like that shouldn't have been a surprise to Arthur. And you know, he should, yeah. that, that's something that should be coming across. Like she shouldn't be hiding anything and she hasn't hidden anything. Like if anything, there's a few moments where there's definitely a few moments where the, the situations she's in, like in that, like like in that bar, end up being rather inappropriate. But like, you know, I think it speaks to the strength of their relationship potentially. That Arthur is uh, going to talk to her about that later, probably. Like he's like, okay, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, he's like something's. You know, this is. He, I'm sure that he's not going to hide that he wasn't okay with that, and also I'm sure that she like can see that. Even if she's not looking directly at him, like I get the impression that they have their kind of relationship where she would know very clearly what is and is not okay, even if she is breaking those rules. Yeah, I, I just, I guess, I guess we disagree on that premise. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that. I um, think that's like, okay. It's... 
Yeah, I think um, when I when I first watched this, I guess like I think I think this is a movie that maybe you bring a lot of your own context to, not you specifically, just in general. Because yeah. like when I first watched this, I was um, I was not in a relationship, and I watched this, and like it was fine. I did enjoy it. I did think it was generally. I did generally like it. And then when I watch it this time, like I am in a relationship, so I have that element of this movie. But then also, like, I've had situations not like this, like, not uh, not that I can think of where I'm, you know, chasing after a girl from 20 years ago or where a girl is chasing after me from 20 <laughs> years ago. Like, I, I can't think yeah. of a specific instance where that's happened. But I have, like, yeah. fallen out of contact with a lot of friends or, you know, friends who could have been something else potentially in a different life. And, like, mm. there's always that thought of, like, what if things had gone differently or, you know, someone will reach out to you after not having talked to you for, in my case, not 12 years, but like two or three years. And it's like, Hey man, how's it going? And then you like have to get back into this relationship and uh, you're different people. So like, Mm -hmm. to me, I bring that to it as well. And that's where, that's where I think this movie really works for me is, you know, kind of showing the messiness of, relationships like that where just someone pops back into your life after so many years that you are different people now and you just have to go through the one day of showing them around town and realizing (laughs) over the course of the day that you guys don't have anything in common and it's going to be super awkward (laughs) yeah no i I like again i i think i like the concept and the theme of the movie overall and i respect it a lot I just, I think the delivery, in my opinion, was very off the mark. And mm-hmm. I think if I was to write this, <laughs> I, would, I would tweak a few things, but that might honestly, like, who knows, like maybe all the things I would have liked would have made it lose its, uh, its magic. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but I, I, I do agree about the context. Like, I think like maybe if I saw this in a specific like I, I could see definitely see this being like a crazy like a big cry if you were just like if you had just broken up with someone or um you're in a long distance relationship well i guess i am and it didn't but if you were maybe if you were in a long distance relationship and they broke up with you and you watch this movie you like i you mean might, you, it might really hit you you know specifically if you were in a long distance relationship and worried that it wasn't going well, whether it was or not, yeah. if you were worried about that, this movie would be really hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I like some, some art is honestly like that. Like there's some, like some albums, for example, like their breakup albums. Like I can only listen to them if I'm feeling heartbroken mm-hmm. or they hit a lot better when you're heartbroken, you know? And I don't think that detracts the art at all. It's just like, like art, art without context, or we like to think that art with art withstands no context, but in so many cases, art ends up being uh, like the, some, some of the greatest pieces of art are only something because of context, like the Mona Lisa, for example, I think that only did not only become a famous painting because it was like stolen. I, think I mean, I that. it did, didn't hurt that it was stolen. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> it made it way more famous, I should say, um, because of that context. And I, I think this is a, a very big example of that. So, um, like, I'm very happy, I guess, that uh, a lot of people, I, from, from what I've read, a lot of people did feel very emotionally impacted by this. Um, 
whether I hope a lot of people use this as a template for future relationships and the way to act, I really hope not. Um, I guess I I hope that people bring the right lessons out of this. Like, yes, don't yes. don't be Hasung, <laughs> and to some degree, don't be Arthur or don't be Nora. Like, or, yeah, each of them is I, <laughs> each of them is doing one or two things right. Maybe take those one or two things, not the rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, take what you can from the mess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think one one more thing I wanted to touch on is the like I I feel like. If you if you do believe in past lives, I think this might hit harder too. To to me, it 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 kind of hurts the. I don't like the way the movie looks at it because I think. The, the I think the context the movie puts it under is it makes love feel very uh, disposable in my opinion, um, which I I think. Isn't like the movie's goal, but. To me, that's what it felt like. Like, there's a couple things. Like, for example, I it seems like the first guy Nora meets after Hesum, she ends up marrying. I don't know if that's true. Like in the con, but it's like the way the movie's edited. That's what it feels like, you know. Because I think her meeting him kind of overlaps. It happens literally right after she breaks up with uh, Hesum, or says, "I don't want to talk to you anymore for a bit." I'm. I don't think it is actually right after. Like, I don't think it actually is. Well, I'm but not saying yes, like right the, after. Yeah. No, the way the way that it's edited, I fully agree. But I think that mm-hmm. like the way that it's edited is also you know one one issue with that is that it's editing together twenty four years. So it's like the yes, next import true. the next important milestone in the relationship of these three people that happens after she breaks up with Haesung is that she meets her husband. Not necessarily that's actually the next thing that happens, but, like, if we're telling this whole 24-year story, that's the next milestone we would have to get to. Yeah. I I would just say that's how the movie made me feel, I guess, Mm -hmm. the way it was edited. And and, in the way it's edited, it also feels like Hei-Sung met this girl that he was dating for 10 years, and that's why he comes to New York later is because they just broke up recently, I think. Um, And to me, it's just like... It just makes it just makes it all feel very like not special. Again, it's a real movie, I get that, but it's I guess it's just like like there's multiple scenes implying that her and Arthur just kind of happened and it's almost like they don't even they're kind of surprised it happened, you know, like they just kind of got married and it just I don't know, it just leaves like a a poor taste in my mouth mixed with the Inya because at the end and the end conversation, they're talking about how like, it doesn't matter if we can't be together in this life, even though we feel a connection, maybe, maybe we were meant to be together in a different life. Like we're just constantly going to re reconnect in different lives. And to me, that's just like such a, again, I know it's a cultural thing. I, I think this is a personal philosophy thing. I, I don't like the idea of just being like, well, I guess I'm married to this guy, even though I don't really like him. But my soulmate, I might meet him in my next life. <laughs> like to me, that's just it it just makes your life feel so disposable where you're just like, like, I, I guess I guess I'm married. Like, you know, it, it kinda happened and even if I don't I don't I don't think there's any it's ever implied she hates her husband or is unhappy in her relationship. It's just like it's to me it feels like she's like, it's good enough. I'll survive and it doesn't matter because in my next life, maybe I'll find my real soulmate, 
you know, or maybe it is my husband, you know, and I think that the idea of that kind of works in the movie, but it also kind of feels counterintuitive to the idea of romance in the movie, if that makes sense. You kind of get what I'm like hinting at? I do. And I love your comments on this because I basically agree with most of what you say, except that mm-hmm. I see it in a very different way. So yeah. like the, um, that Indian, that's a, that at the end is to me like sort of that Indian conversation at the end where they're talking about past lives and future lives. To me, that is kind of the ultimate, honestly, like the ultimate condemnation of Sung. Like it will never work out because Sung has this grand romantic idea that Nora is indulging because it's a fun conversation. But I don't get the impression that she's like super into it. She's just like, oh, this is a funny conversation. She doesn't like believe in it. She's already told us that like, it's just something Koreans say when they're flirting, which, you know, that's what she believes. Whether or not Sung yeah. believes in Inyun or not is, is, is doesn't matter. But yeah, at the yeah. end, like, it feels like he's saying this, like, to cope. And he's yeah. got this grand romantic idea that he just hasn't been able to fulfill. But this whole time, everything that everything about Arthur's and Nora's relationship being random and boring and it feels kind of like they're together and it's just sort of normal and not interesting is like exactly what makes that special to me it's it's this idea that like the actual like actual connections come out of nowhere and might not be big or you know big storybook connections like they met at a they met at a writer's retreat and then they just didn't stop hanging out. And now they're married because eventually mm. she needed a green card and they were still hanging out all the time and moving it and they lived together. So like it made sense. And to yeah. me, like that's, I don't know that this movie necessarily has, I don't know that this movie has like a grand thesis on what it considers the right or the wrong kind of love. But to me, like that is the real, that's the real thing. And that's the thing that like Sung just can't be a part of. He doesn't even understand that that's, that that's what's going on. Like he knows mm. that he like he, he says that he knows that he likes Arthur and that's great that he sees that, that he says that that's a good relationship, but like, that's certainly not a type of relationship he has ever had. And it's not one that he pictures for himself where Nora mm. has just sort of ended up here. And mm. I think that like, to me, that's, that's what the that's what the a big part of the theme is when I'm watching this and the big thing I get out of it is the contrast between this grand romantic idea and the way that life just plays out and how mm. the way that life just ends up playing out is the one that's more real even if it's not necessarily the one that's more exciting and the one yeah. that's more exciting just doesn't happen like mm-hmm. every time that there's this idea that Sung wants to do this big thing or the Inyun or anything, they can talk about it and that's it. Like it's not happening. It's just stuff they can talk about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're saying it's just her way of helping, helping Sung cope in a way I mean, that he can let go. I mean, he's on the verge of tears at that point. <laughs> like, well, she is she, too though. I mean, I guess. She's kind of keeping it together just so he can leave, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, but, fair. Um, no, I, that's actually a really good, cool way of looking at it. I, I think that actually adds to it for me a bit. So thank you. 
yeah, that's all I can say philosophically about the movie. I think, I think the acting was pretty well done. Like you said, Greta Lee, Tao Yu, like, again, not just, I wouldn't say these are like Oscar performances personally, because they're just, just acting like, it felt like I was watching like a, almost felt like I was watching a, what's her name? Chloe Zhao movie. Like, oh yeah how yeah normal like all the how normal and awkward and weird all the interactions were you know mm-hmm. which is why i would like like again i think that makes them very good actors because we saw with francis mcdormand that that doesn't always work out for experienced <laughs> actors right yeah uh, not that she was bad but you know I mean, she wasn't you, bad she was just our, like if you watch the, if you watch nomadland i mean yeah you can hear us talk about it in our nomadland episode yeah. but if you watch Nomadland, the biggest the biggest thing that I get from that movie is like there's all of these such great raw performances, and then there's also Frances McDormand, who's in yeah. there giving a good performance, but like she's so much on a different level, and I don't mean a bigger or like a higher or a lower level, just like such a different. She's in almost in a different movie than people like these actual nomads that she's interacting with. Straight up, yeah. I didn't even realize David Strathairn was an actor, and he's like a, a, the second best known actor in that movie, and has yeah. like won and been nominated for multiple awards. He really fits in. Frances McDormand is like she's there, and it's yeah. Frances McDormand. You know, <laughs> yeah. which, which might be because of who knows? Like it might be because of the star power too. It's yeah. hard to say inherently, but. I don't know if that was like, I I think the bad decision in that case was like casting such a high profile actor that you can't like, that can't disappear into that kind of a role. Yeah. Uh, But like, you know, she, she did fine. I'm sorry. I don't want to rant about Frances McDormand when we're talking about Greta Lee. Please. We can always rant about Frances McDormand, but yes, Greta Lee uh, was, was very good. And I think she, she, she captures a very raw performance. And Mm -hmm. like, to me, it never felt like, it was a performance in my opinion. So, uh, and I, I feel the same for, um, the other actors, Hey, uh, you and John Magaro. John yeah. Um, they're both very well done. I, I, I still feel bad for John. <laughs> I still oh, feel you bad feel for so Arthur. Bad for him. I'm, I got to pour one out for my, my guy, even though he's the one that gets the girl in the end, you know, but yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it was very raw, very uncomfortable but great, great for the movie. Great for the vibe the actor was going, <laughs> the director was going for. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I appreciate Celine's song sharing this part of her life with us because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a, it's, I don't think there's another movie like, I, I can't think of another movie that's quite like this. And to some degree, I think it's just because like, if this didn't happen to you specifically, then like, why would you ever write this movie? Like, this is just yeah. not a situation you would make up because there's yeah. no point. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very... I I feel bad for real Taehyung or... Wait, what was it? Heyoung. Heysung. Heysung. I feel bad for real Heysung wherever he is and if he had to watch this movie. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's bold. I'll give it that. But, like, genuinely, like, it's... Um, I, I don't like the movie, but I respect, I think it's cool that obviously it's instigated a lot of uh, talk um, between us, which I think is a hallmark of a, of a well-made movie and an interesting movie, you know, and it's well shot, like very well shot. It's well edited. 
Um, and I, I actually like, now I think about like, I, I do, even though I, I hate the dialogue, the screenplay itself is very unique in terms of how, like, I was very surprised that they kept, it felt like the main core of the movie was, at least when it was advertised, was supposed to be like her and him hanging out in New York, wherever they are mm-hmm. with Arthur. And that's actually only like slightly more than a third of the movie. Which was I, I found very surprising, and uh, like the long distance relationship part, which I feel like would usually be reserved for like a five minute montage at the start of the movie, was actually like twenty minutes or something, twenty thirty minutes, and I think that's that's very it's very um, it's a very interesting choice, and uh, again, like I haven't seen a movie structured like this before, that's so patient and um, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The screenplay felt raw, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The dialogue was raw, but like the story structure itself felt very fresh and interesting. So I like that. There's, a, I don't know if you noticed it, but there's a scene very early on into her. Uh, I think it's into the second part where they're in their long distance relationship. She's in her screenwriting class, and someone says, "I love the way you use the long pauses." It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're in for a lot of long pauses yeah. <laughs> and like the the most iconic parts of this movie are long pauses yeah. so you know she Interesting. she found her strengths yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah no i i think i think she's a interesting writer and i would i am actually interested to see what she does next because like again it's a very unique movie so a lot of props to Celine song yeah all right well i think I think that's probably about it for past lives. What do you want to, do you want to, do we want to talk about, do we want to put a number on this? Have we been doing that? I think we have. I think we, we just didn't do the last one. I don't know why. Did we? Anyway. Oh, you, uh, oh well. I'll give it a five. Like, I don't like it, but it's, I respect it. I respect its conviction and it's unique. And uh, yeah, it sets it apart from a lot of different movies this year. Like, I will remember this movie for sure. I think I, I like that aspect of it. I think for me, for me, it's a strong eight, but I also got to say, like, this is a movie. I mean, we've, we already mentioned it, but like, I think you bring a lot of yourself into this movie. Like, if this is a movie that doesn't hit for you, it's going to suck so bad. But if it's a movie that like, you can bring those experiences in and it does like hit anything that you can relate to, then I think this movie hits really hard. I'm I'm very glad that we're not doing this episode as you know no, episode number two after Glass because I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember I don't know exactly where you were in your life at that point but I'm pretty sure neither of us had a girlfriend and it would have been a very different experience talking about yeah. this movie like, after ah, watching you know M Night Shyamalan Shyamalan <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's uh yeah context helps and I, I I do think like I don't know if I was younger I think I would have liked this movie a lot more that makes sense too i think but i think over time i've developed very different views on relationships so i think that's affected my my viewing of it too and um maybe i should talk to a therapist about that because <laughs> it, it honestly it honestly brought up a lot of interesting emotions of like as existentialism i guess you know and like the idea because like i i think one of my biggest fears is that you know like nothing matters which is ironically the 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 theme of everything everywhere all at once <laughs> bringing it back um and i think this movie is make the statement in this movie almost feels like yeah nothing matters you know and i think that's maybe why i it, 
it kind of made me very uncomfortable to watch at some points not in a good way or a bad way like and i'm not saying they're not making it sound bad but to me i i don't like that i don't like the way they portrayed that message and i think that's mm -hmm. why it made me uncomfortable which probably affected my viewing too so again maybe that's something i should talk to with my therapist when i get one <laughs> but i I do, I do like that like not many movies make me feel a certain type of way you know mm -hmm. and this movie did so i i really like that so don't let my rating of five and, and affect anyone else's uh, opinion on it. I guess like the last thing I'll say is we keep bringing up everything everywhere all at once. I think this is like a really good companion piece to it. They're very, mm -hmm. they're extremely different tones and like very different movies, but the themes are fairly similar mm -hmm, in like yeah. interesting ways that I wasn't actually even, I wasn't even making that connection before, but like talking about it, it's like they're, they're both like, different approaches to the idea that nothing matters the way that we assign meaning to things. Yeah. I, I think they both like everything everywhere all at once takes the maximalist approach to it. Yeah. And this is like literally the exact extremely minimalist approach to mm -hmm. it. So it's, it's, it's been interesting. All right. Well, there's past lives. Sorry. The um, last week we talked about zone of interest and last week, when this comes out, if people listen to this on the day it comes out, last week when Zone of Interest came out was Valentine's Day. And I was like, that's, you know, what a weird episode to put out for Valentine's Day. We should have done Past Lives. And I'm not 100% sure we should have. Like, I don't know if there is no, a good Valentine's think... <laughs> Day episode from these Best yeah. Picture well, nominees. Other than Madam Web, obviously, which came out well, on Valentine's Day. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen that yet, but I'm excited. I, I haven't either. We'll oh, have to excited? do like a oh, no. we'll have to do like a full Sony Spider-Man episode at some point. Just talk about all the Spider-Man movies that aren't Spider-Man. Yeah. It it'll be amazing to see how well they're connected. Oh, wait, but they are. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the Sony cinematic universe and realize how little connections there are between these movies. <laughs> Sums it up. But what I want to hear is the last word. What's our last word, Pierre? Inyun. There you go. <laughs>